I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Vent. This is Fed Weekly. A collaboration between Vice and Brent 2020, London Borough of Culture. get a cracking hey this is Moeed from the vent production team just a heads up this episode contains a mention of self-harm so take care listening amelia santos vent weekly today we've had a request from a young person in brent to make a show about gender my name is ray i'm 17 and i'm gender queer lesbian i wanted to make a difference in the lives of young lgbtq people like myself but I have my own share of debilitating issues to face. I thought I'd talk to someone with more experience about my situation and how to flourish while damaged. Today we're joined by fellow Brentonian Ray and host of MB podcast, Caitlin Benedict, to talk about rejecting gender traditions and being non-binary. Could you both introduce yourselves? Yeah, I'm Caitlin Benedict. I am a radio producer and I made a podcast called NB, um, which is about my coming out process. I'm non-binary and I use they, them pronouns. I'm Ray. I'm 17. I'm just a student, so there isn't much that's interesting about me. <laughs> I love video games and uh, my favourite artist is Yoshitaka Amano, who makes um, the art for Final Fantasy. Wow. Dope. <laughs> So, Ray, can you talk to us a bit about your journey with gender? I realised that I was non-binary after a long, 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 really long, self-hating, really ugly time uh, that was caused by growing up with really fun, homophobic people that I unfortunately have to call my family. Mm. And uh, I probably realised maybe just a couple of months ago that I like they, them. When did you first hear the term non-binary? Maybe about when I was 13, uh, so four years ago at this point. I heard it when I was in kind of my edgy phase. Uh, Same. <laughs> so I heard Milo Yiannopoulos, who's just this British dude that no one likes. <laughs> yeah. And he was kind of just calling people like us like snowflakes. And uh, that's when I was like, oh, that, that I've never heard of these people. So thus I might hate them because that's... That's how stuff worked, apparently. Mm. And like, were you able to find any like-minded people? Were you able to find, you know, more information about it? Well, there was always the internet. So I, I used that when I was kind of in my more accepting phase. But at the start, since I wasn't like involved in social media or any kind of social group, because obviously no one liked me, I had a teacher and she wasn't she wasn't liberal. She was kind of firmly in the center, which I feel was more harmful than anything else, because it kind of made me feel that this was kind of it wasn't too bad, but it wasn't the best. But what I was more concerned about was the fact that my ideology was kind of this 
okay thing. Mm. She seemed a bit angry at it, but then I guess she kind of, I suppose, gave in. And then after a while uh, of kind of speaking to her, I was like, I don't really like who I've become. And then she was still the same. She was like, okay, I could care less. So yeah, it was kind of awkward. (laughs) So from the start of your journey till now, like, what has it been like? I'd say it's been, well, I can't really describe it. (laughs) It's kind of been this, this weird kind of emerging of this better person. Um, As I realized that I was non-binary, I thought that at the start I was kind of I kind of sympathise with them just a bit because I thought I don't really want to be so feminine. At first I was like, I'm just being a tomboy. But then I realised it was more than that. And then from there, I kind of started to edge in slowly uh, at my own pace. Mm. And then I kind of went on social media and then I learned that there are people... There are people like me and I kind of learned the proper representation of um, non-binary people. And I was like, these people aren't so bad. I don't know why I hated them. And then I kind of became non-binary, I suppose. (laughs) Sorry, I just wanted to ask you something about um, pronouns, because obviously I think that's something that people do tend to struggle with. When you say like you're they and them, I'm kind of asking both of you at this point. So that just kind of, just to clarify, it means that you don't really conform to any one gender, that you're kind of just fluid in terms of like your gender or or you're not conforming to like the kind of biological genders of like male female or what society kind of like presents as feminine and masculine for me it's like a big bucket it's a it's it's a term that encompasses a lot of different people's different experiences of right. of genders that are not easy to live in because mm. uh, you know every society to some extent you know some to much greater extents than others um, is kind of mired in this total binary where you are a girl with girl parts, you're a boy with boy parts. And actually, you know, that's not even true biologically, let right. alone in terms of the diversity of our our souls. Exactly. No, I agree with that as well. I do feel like sometimes, because um, we even did this actually, like for a module, it was all about um, gender and sexuality at my uni. And they were talking about like media literature all those kind of things really kind of force people into a box of what masculine and feminine is like even with games and toys for example like we had to do an analysis of that and like how boys toys were always trucks and everything that's kind of like heavy and stuff like that and then there was the assumption that girls just wanted to play with dolls and stuff like that and it would kind of cause friction within like families as they got older and realized that that's not what actually what they want to do or like that's not the only thing they're interested in kind of thing. So it was kind of interesting like, studying that as well, to be fair. I feel like they start like um, institutions, like schools, and I suppose to an extent your family, they start with the small things like, okay, you can't touch the stove, like things that are rational. So you can't, start, you can't touch the stove or else you're going to get burnt. You can't do this or else you're going to get hurt. Mm. And then it's it just builds slowly, slowly to kind of, you can't like, boy things because you look like a girl to me Mm, right and same thing with with sexuality you can't like women because i see you with a man Mm. so it's this kind of feeling that you're kind of othered into in existence Mm. and you kind of at first it's so hard to deconstruct it and that's why i don't really blame anyone else who is in my situation even if they they did hurt like a lot of people 
it starts so subtly that you can't even I couldn't realize it at first and most people couldn't so uh, it's it's really complicated, I, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think that's so true. Mm. So, Caitlin, you actually hosted a podcast series on BBC Sounds called My Non-Binary Life. Why did you decide to make that show? Actually, it's really silly, but, like, I just thought it would be easier than telling everyone. <laughs> like, I was like... Fair enough, you know, fair. And, and I... I you know, I, I make radio programs and I am always, always interested in like mining my own experiences for it. But this was like a super, super personal and it was really, um, it was a very like intense thing to decide to do. Right. But once I decided to do it, it was so great because I was just like, yeah, I will come out and I will talk about kind of in order all the things I'm worried about. So like the first episode is about like coming out to yourself. The second episode is about the words that we use, you know, pronouns and honorifics and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Third episode is about clothes, you know. So I was like ticking things off my list of stuff that I didn't fully understand about myself and about gender in the, in the wider world as well. Mm. And like getting other amazing non-binary people to give me advice so you know I'm, like quite a few of them I just feel like I've imprinted on like a baby duckling and I just go ah oh, well you know if Victoria is yeah. doing it like this then maybe I should do it like this as well you know you <laughs> you know I think Ray what you were saying you know people don't don't always know what possibilities are within them because you you can't see you know when you're introduced to these boxes so early yeah. unless you see people who are really living outside those boxes like it's really really hard to figure out how you do it like we're all kind of you know influenced a lot by our parents and our community and our school and all of that sort of thing mm. and you, you can't you know people say it all the time you can't be what you don't see yeah that's so true, um, mm. that's true. so like a big part of the podcast for me was being super vulnerable myself and asking all the questions mm -hmm. that I thought a lot of people might be asking themselves secretly and with a lot of shame so in a way this was like in a non kind of dramatic way it was almost like therapy for you like kind of in a way like you could kind of draw near to your community and kind of feel safe yeah. while speaking about like really vulnerable stuff yeah totally and like the people the audience listening like whether they were like non-binary heterosexual homosexual could probably all kind of relate to a few of the things you were saying which is quite nice it's nice as well that you've been able to kind of do it through something you're passionate about as well yeah like that must have just made the journey like even more significant for you but I wanted to ask, like, if you had any, like, similarities or, you know, to, like, Ray's journey or, like, if you could just talk to us a bit more about your journey before the podcasts and stuff. Yeah, well, I also went through an edgy phase. I think my version of edgy is, like, was very Tumblr. Mm. Oh, wait, I even went through that phase. I went through the great kind of very chaotic phase of Tumblr. It was a community full of queer people who were living very much outside the gender binary and and so that was kind of how I was introduced to the idea of being non-binary um, and it was kind of triangulation of of someone that I knew in real life coming out as non-binary through Tumblr and you know I'd moved away from Australia so everyone I knew from home I was kind of having this parasocial relationship with where I was like looking at their Tumblr posts or looking at their Instagram posts and then kind of having this great curiosity about what they're all up to. So, yeah, there was a trans girl that I went to high school with um, who's kind of the first trans person that I knew in real life and then um, a friend of mine coming out as non-binary and there were just a few people that made it seem possible all of a sudden mm. and then I started to really mm. think, like, 
oh, well, what if this is me? And I also, you know, for a while, I think I thought, Ray, I don't know if you have, have felt like this, that like I wasn't in enough pain to really mm. make such a fuss. Yeah. Mm. You know, I, I had been in pain in, at various points in my life. You know, my I went through puberty like extremely early and I found that so distressing and stressful and that led to like an adolescence that was sort of characterized by self-harm and really risky behaviors and Mm -hmm. um, total social isolation. Yes. Um, But then I kind of came out of that and I found some acceptance and I found some really great people um, and I sort of thought, oh, well, I'm fine now. But then the idea, just this incredible jealousy of people who are just being queer out there and going, oh, yeah, that's that's me then. Mm. You know, you don't have to be suffering for it to feel like you could be doing something that was better for you. Definitely. Mm. I think that's such an interesting perspective to come from. Self-discovery doesn't always have to be some painful, like, you know, dragging situation. I think that's why I think it is hard sometimes for people to see others who can just kind of unapologetically be themselves, you know, because their experience can be so, like, painful. And obviously, like, even with Ray, for example, um, because of, like, you know, like cultural values or family values and stuff like that. Like you've experienced a lot of misunderstanding. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Caitlin, how did you find speaking about that as well? Yeah, I think I'm pretty lucky that my parents are pretty liberal. They mm. like to think of themselves as very liberal as well, which definitely helps. Um, you know, even when they don't understand something, they're not super reactionary about it. Mm. Yeah, I'm really lucky, like, but I know, I just I just know how lucky I am. Mm. Um that my situation was like that. And also it's, I'm much older, you know, they're not really worried about their kid. They're worried about their adult who has demonstrated that they can move to another country and get a job and get an education and all that Mm. sort of thing. So Mm. um, So they prioritise other things more than who you want to be. Yeah. I think, you know, Ray, is that, that something that you feel with your family? I feel like who I really see is my family. Uh, it's it's going to be quite odd to, hear, to actually say this as well. Um, but my media teacher is kind of like my 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 dad in a sense, and he's also interestingly enough, he's not even queer himself. He's cis, and <laughs> so I was. We always like talk about just random things, not even things related to the media. And then eventually, we kind of talked about politics. And then after a while, I started to see like another perspective of like a like a liberal perspective that I'd never ever seen before and I was like this is really cool mm. you mean I don't have to suffer if I want to be gay <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I was like and I was like telling him and like literally the coming out process to him was so smooth I just sat in a chair I was like sir can I talk to you after after the the lesson and then it was just like I'm lesbian and I was like okay <laughs> So he, so you felt like, do you feel like you wish you had that more like with, you know, your family? and Definitely. Yeah. It's so heartbreaking. And like, I'm now, I still have him for year 13, which makes me so happy. You don't even know. Mm. And I'm happy for yeah. you, honestly. <laughs> I'm so close to someone that, that really makes a big difference in my life and since a couple of I think one or two people in my class are queer and pretty much everyone is accepting Mm. I feel that I I have a place to be yeah growing up has been really tumultuous and 
I think now I'm just thinking about the future because I'm probably not going to see these people that I that uh, in, in my school that are so accepting for a long time because of university. Right. And I have really bad trouble communicating because of my autism. And it's going to be really, really hard for me to see uh, a kind of family that's so accepting um, in a long time, if I'm honest with you. Mm. So, yeah. Well, I really hope you do find that, that community of people who can like support you and comfort you at university as well. Because university is a big place, yeah. so I don't doubt that you probably will find someone. The courage that you've shown in this conversation is incredible and I mean I I hope that university is really thrilling and exciting and 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 expansive for you because being able to like be on your own and like find more people like you know you really you do find your your people kind of after school there are there are very few people from school who are who are still my Mm -hmm. my go-to people honestly yeah. yeah that's me too as far as like the next steps for you are concerned, then there are going to be some really, really hard things that you have to decide whether what kind of relationship you want to have with your family when you don't live with them, you know. But there's no there's no right or wrong answer to any of those things because if it's important to you to have that familial relationship, then it's important to you. But, you know, it obviously also has to be really important to you to protect yourself I haven't lived in the same hemisphere time zone as as my blood family for eight years, and I have a family here. You know, I'm I'm about to go to to have like a weekend with my queer family, and there are six of us, and five of us are non-binary, and one of us is a lesbian. You know, mm. and those are the people who I go to every day, mm. and we're so lucky to have each other but I have full confidence that those kind of connections will happen for you you know what I'm afraid of is is being traumatized after um I find these kind of connections and and just remembering all the homophobia because I I don't know because obviously I'm young I don't I don't have enough experience to even remember things I've done from the past and all that uh I I kind of that's what I'm worried about. And I was wondering, like, if you had those kind of experiences since you haven't, since, like, uh, you had to be closeted for, for quite a long time, I assume. Yeah, I mean, what I would say is that, like, trauma isn't the end of the story, you know. And actually, it is possible to work through trauma. And actually, you know, even though you carry things with you for your whole life, they they are very, very light at some point one thing with trauma like trauma is like a real thing for for a lot of people like I understand it as well definitely one thing I would say to you like Ray in particular is to forgive yourself for like how you acted it like because you know everyone goes into like a little survival mode and sometimes that can be like you may not be doing the things that are best for yourself but you do it in the moment because you know that's just how you need to react but just forgive yourself for that as well because you know like like Caitlin said you know trauma does ease up everything every weight is not going to be heavy forever and I feel like if you've been shown like one type of love which is quite conditional or like I'm only going to love you if you're this way and you've not felt accepted I can understand why it feels like it's ever it's never going to be possible to find people who are going to love you just as you are but it it will happen I think so you just need to like you know 
hang in there basically um and don't look at everybody with the same lens do you know what i mean like you know not everybody has the same personality traits as your family for example i think there are people out there who are really accepting and understanding and even if they don't understand they're open-minded so just try your best to like you know weed out the people who kind of have a little bit of intolerant kind of personality and you will find like who you're looking for and you're still really young so you still do have a long time to like you know find those people but i'm really confident that you will as well i think it might be like a generation thing as well i feel like the older generations are very like not necessarily narrow-minded but mm. they're kind of like stuck in their ways and set in kind of how things should be because of how things were you know just before them and whilst they were growing up and stuff and exactly. the world is always changing and always evolving and definitely you know we as humans we're always changing and evolving as well and of course everyone has the right i'm not even going to say should have the right because everyone has the right to be who they truly are themselves and you know, I feel like we, we had that whole conversation about, you know, like unconditional love and conditional mm. love. But mm. I think any type of love should start from within. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So about finding that love that you can have for yourself, as long as you have that love for yourself, you don't really need love from anyone else personally. No, I feel that. Yeah. You know, you just live in your life and live in your journey. Yeah. People will gravitate towards you you know the right people will gravitate towards you and you will have the, the people you need Definitely, in your yeah. life instead of yeah. trying to like be a certain way to kind of please someone or feel like you can't be yourself around certain people because yeah. they won't want to be around you yeah like I feel like with time that will gradually happen but I wanted to talk about how to like increase increasingly normalize non-binary identity mm. you kind of have to do it in several ways at once one way that I think is really important is uh, representation. And I'm not just talking about, you know, having enough trans and non-binary people on Netflix shows, but actually like a really important campaign that is going on right now is is to have more trans people running for office. You know, having a trans MP would exponentially increase the amount of representation that trans people have in high levels of government. And journalists and writers, you know, people, non-binary people are really up, unrepresented in um, those fields that are yeah. quietly really, really powerful in signalling mm. what our society is. Mm. That's so you know? true. For the people listening, are there any organisations and support services that you guys could recommend for them to kind of access? I think gendered intelligence in the UK is doing really, really, really good work. One thing I can actually verify as well is Kuth. Kuth is really good um, for young people who kind of have any kind of general issue. As someone who's a person of colour, who's who's got autism, who's uh, who uses they, them pronouns, with my own kind of issues, I've kind of been able to still navigate the the kind of system. But I feel like like I mentioned, finding a family as well is something that's that's really, really important. But if there is anything much more serious, definitely get more professional help. Before we wrap up this conversation, Caitlin, what one bit of advice would you give to Ray? Focus on finding time and tenderness for yourself first. And then in this next step that you're making in your life, make sure that you're surrounding yourself with the people who make you feel good for being yourself. You know, your life will be so much richer for it. I already am feeling the benefits of that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm glad. Yeah. I'm really glad. Honestly, it's been so nice speaking to you both. You've been like so open and so like just so real of us. So yeah, thank you guys for coming onto the show mm-hmm. and having thank this you. chat with us. I appreciate it a lot. Thank you so much. <laughs> So, Amelia, how'd you feel after that chat? Yeah, so I found that conversation really eye-opening. I was, I didn't know a lot about um, the non-binary community um, as much as I did about, you know, like, just the trans community, the lesbian, gay community, stuff like that. So it was kind of interesting to have two people on here who were non-binary. That was really interesting. And just to hear about their journeys and the way that they navigate through life was kind of refreshing and yeah it was really nice to be honest what about you how'd you find it i enjoyed the conversation i like you know race courage is just as i said very admirable and you know caitlin's work again is very very powerful and empowering and i'm sure they reach out to a lot of people and help a lot of people in that community who are going through you know similar things and you know who are either starting their journey or still processing and still you know going through the journey thanks for listening to vent weekly i've been santos and i've been amelia and thanks a lot to ray and caitlin for coming on you can find caitlin's podcast my non-binary life on bbc sounds this episode was produced by the vent production team jess lawson emilio gill Mawid majid and ali adlington vent is a collaboration between vice and brett london borough of culture 2020 mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones blue nile has something she'll adore need it fast most items can ship overnight plus enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.